With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hockey! Yeah. Yeah. My favorite, it's Judd's Hockey Show. The, the biggest message was, it's, uh, we're even, right? We're even after, we're not down. Good thing the period ended, and the, we talked that the momentum hopefully stopped for them, and now we can go take it back, and we did. We thought the third period was real good. Um, we did... So many real good things. We had great looks, and they did too. I mean, it was a it was a really good hockey club, a uh, really good hockey game by two really good teams. And, uh, you know, it was fun to be part of, but whichever way it ended, it was a good hockey. Welcome to Judd's Hockey Show. That, of course, being wild coach um, Dean Evason after last night's 4-3 shootout win over the Toronto Maple Leafs in what was a not a good hockey game, Dean. It was a fantastic mm-hmm. hockey game. Zolgad and Declan Goff with you to um, uh, recap what we both saw last night. I was in the press box. You watched the entire thing on TV because we were texting back and forth. Um, And Dex, let me say this because this is the highest compliment I can give that game last night. I didn't care that it ended in a shootout, which I hate. That was such an entertaining three periods of hockey and then a three-on-three session that didn't decide it. That really, the fact that it came down to a skills competition to me was just fine because Mm -hmm. I had been so thoroughly entertained. I'd prefer not to have it be a skills competition, but nonetheless, that is one of the best hockey games in the regular season that I've seen in a long time in that building. It was great. Two heavyweights going back and forth, two good teams, wild blows, a three-rip lead. But you know what? It didn't feel like the, oh, here we go again. Felt very different than that. Um, How much fun was that from your standpoint to watch that one? It looked awesome, man. I mean, just watching that back-and-forth affair, uh, tied after one, the six goals between the two, obviously, in the next next, uh, period. It was awesome. It was a phenomenal hockey game. Um, and that's what you said, two heavyweight bouts, uh, two heavyweight teams that were just going back and forth that you love to see. Um, and then for them to, you know, basically blow a three-goal lead, uh, I thought the most dangerous lead in hockey was two goals. Apparently it's three goals. But but the Leafs are dangerous. Like if, if, if you, I believe the Wild didn't like have a shot on goal, like had like one or two after they went up three nothing, and all of a sudden Toronto just started pounding them, pounding them, pounding them. And that's a team that can really, if you give them an opportunity and get the floodgates open, they're gonna they're gonna pounce on you. And luckily, I think Dean at the at the offset here set it off perfect that it was kind of nice the period ended because it was even though they yeah they they forfeited the three goal lead, it 
They went back in the locker room and they thought, okay, this does, if this momentum is indeed stopped, we're going to be fine. We're at home. We should be able to to win this game. Um, and for for, their, for it to go on a shootout, I hate shootouts. I don't like them. But when it's those two when it's two teams like that just going back and forth, I'm totally okay with it. Um, and my biggest question, Judd, is when is the damn parade? When's the parade? That's what I want to know. I tweeted that out when they're up. Don't three tell Billy that. Then, Don't tell Bill Guerin that. A lot of work to be done here, Declan. Yeah, I, I Don't really count anything done. I, I want to know. I think it's down West Seventh, right? They wouldn't go to Hennepin in Minneapolis. You know, they'd, they'd probably go. There's too much construction. But it looks they like it's clearing up now. Finally, you can get off on Kellogg for the first time all season. If for all the fans who are trying to get up there. Well, no, but if you win the Cup, you're going. You're you're going uh, downtown. St. Paul, but you're going to cut through 94 and shut it down. Yeah. Like, like, like when you win a cup, you, that's no downtown parade. No, that's downtown 94. Now the twins, if I recall correctly, went uh, downtown Minneapolis down 94 to St. Paul. So the wild in keeping with what they should do would actually start their parade probably at the X, go down, catch a few drinks at Tom Reed's and then head and then head west towards towards Minneapolis. So, okay. like, the parade would be, we're talking about, like, when you win a cup, you shut everything down, and everyone damn gets right. a day off. Like, this is, not a, this is not a cute little thing. It's a damn cup. But that last night, that building was electric. That game was fun. Again, the Wild blew a substantial lead, and it didn't feel like, oh, boy, here we go. And I was waiting for when the third period started, and this is the most impressive thing. When the third period started, I was sort of like, okay, is the shoe going to drop now? <laughs> Toronto going to come out and score a quick one on Talbot, and now it's 4-3, and we're all saying, oh, boy, that's not good. Here's the impressive stat. Now, shots on goal, ordinarily not that big a deal, right? Like, like uh, shots on goal, I, who, who cares? That's but the impressive thing to me was in the second period of this game, the the Wild was outshot, to your point, 20-7. to and And so – um Greenway scored at 1936 of Wait. the fir- of the first and then Zuccarello on a power play Eureka a Zuccarello. power play at 525 and then with some help from the official Foligno yeah. Foligno scores yeah. at 807 and the building's going nuts and Toronto's good I believe Toronto came in having won uh, 15 of its past 17 games so mm-hmm. Toronto's good so they go before the period is done. Spezza, even strength. Spezza power play. Matthews on the power play on a beautiful redirection. And the shots in the second period, Declan, were Toronto 20, the Wild 7. And so I was waiting to see, okay, let's see how this team comes out, right? Third period shots, 22 for the Wild, 11 for Toronto. They came out and responded. They came out and and they didn't like lick their wounds and say, oh, we blew a lead. What's going to be next? Who can I blame or what can I look at as the source of blame? Minnesota came out and took it to them. Mm-hmm. And Toronto's a really good team. So this was not a, oh, you're playing the Coyotes. It, it'd be nice if if your team would wake up. This was a matchup of two really good teams. Um, and I thought it was incredible incredibly encouraging that the wild came out and responded and punched back as opposed to cowering, which is how I feel we became used to things going in that building for far too long. 
Correct. Uh, it would have been very easy uh, for them to wilt after blowing the three-goal lead and even going into the third period with the pause. You know, that that's fine. Uh, but they, they could have been the old wild, and they're not. And and that's why Everson's comments that we played at the top were so poignant to me because they they know how to stop the bleeding. They know when to punch right back. And for them to still go toe-to-toe with a very good Toronto team. And Toronto's right up there, too. You know, I, I, mm-hmm. I know the headline and the main pop topic of this episode is, are the Wild the best team in the NHL? They certainly look like it. They look like they're legitimate. I mean, this was a statement win. That, that's, what I, that, that's what I took away. This was a statement win. This wasn't just beating the Devils, right? This yep. wasn't just beating the Yotes, like beating up on bad teams, which you should do. But you have to go out and beat good teams to show the world something. And, and mm-hmm. I think the hockey world said it best. You know, I, I, I forgot this comment happened. It must have, must have slipped my brain when they beat uh, Tampa Bay. What was that, last Sunday, last Saturday, back, Sunday back at home? Sunday and I, I missed this comment. I was watching my buddy at his house last night, and he said, well, did you hear what John, John Cooper said about the Wild after they beat Tampa Bay, after they beat them? And, and Cooper apparently said, and I'm paraphrasing here, that he, it reminds, the Minnesota reminds them a lot of Tampa Bay, reminds them of his own club. And John Cooper's a pretty damn good coach. Like, I, I love Cooper. Um, I agree. I don't think he would just throw around praise and say that team looks a lot like my team. Mm-hmm. He wouldn't just throw that around. And, and he is a he's a pretty vocal guy. I, that's another reason why I like him. But for John Cooper, the two-time defending cup champion head coach, to come out and say it, it reminds me a lot of Tampa Bay, my own squad. That's great. That is that is a hell of a compliment. It's and, only and, not so much, but yes, the rest, I, I can actually see that comp. Right, exactly. So so for him to have that comment and then for the Wild also to then come back three games later having still they haven't lost a game, obviously, and they're on a they're on a six game winning streak right now. They haven't lost in a long time, it feels like. For him for Cooper to say something like that and then for you to also then beat Toronto just as good of a team, I mean that that, that says everything you need to know about the club. And this doesn't feel fluky. This doesn't feel like a hot stretch. This feels like a sustainable model of a good team. And and it has intangibles that are huge, right? Like, I, I love the, this whole, whole thing that Dean has talked about in the past few days about there are times where I address the team between periods, which he did between the second and third last night. There are times where the coaches stay out and say, the players, figure it out. There are times where an assistant coach will go in. Mm-hmm. Um, this team is so full of character. And I mean, I cannot believe I'm saying that. This, hold on a second. I got to yeah. punch myself. Yeah, what? Because Am I that, talking to Judd? But yeah, but I mean, uh, but this team is, this team has character. And, and there are a few definite core people who I give credit to. Felino, probably Spurgeon as well. Dumbo's really developed. I mean, Matt Dumbo used to be, used to be way back when a terrible quote. He was awful. Now he's a great quote. He's got character. Um, he clearly overcame he overcame the obstacles that there were other people that uh who put there for him and he's done a very good job there uh but when you look at the approach of this coaching staff and this team and Dex, you know sports across the board is always more about than just talent right like it's always more about than just oh our players are really good Mm -hmm. it's always about things that are in in the locker room or the clubhouse behind the scenes but I think hockey might top that list. I think hockey might be the number one um, intangible, like what do people bring? And it doesn't have to be being perfect. Uh, we, we joke about this, but it's why we talk about things like grit, right? Like we don't talk about grit in basketball. 
I don't think we talk about grit a ton in baseball now, but you know, do guys bring the intangibles and this team and what Garen has built. And, and I think Dean is cultivating is a team that has a lot of very important subtleties that can lead to success. And my hope is this, those things become, I think even more paramount in the playoffs and so I have no idea if this team is going to come springtime, be good and clean up. But I will say it feels like they have a lot of the right things going. And it feels like Bill especially has hit on a sweet spot of where this roster should be. And last night, I think you saw that. I mean, it probably was not a smart move. But Folino jumping, well, starting to go to the bench and then and then – I think he had one skate on the bench and one skate off. And Greenway was jumped by two guys from Toronto. Felino instantly reacts and comes and picks a fight. It's stuff like that, and I'm not saying that's brilliant, but it's stuff like that that I think galvanizes a team so much. And that's the type of stuff that when that when things get tough, when a game gets into the real grind time, um, I think pays off because this sport might be the ultimate sport in I've got your back. Mm -hmm. It's a, it's a team sport and it's a, we thing, you know, they always play that commercial in the, in for the NHL of there, there's, it's not about I, it's about we, and it's about us. And yeah, that, that's true. That's obviously not true. I'm not going to just say that that's a bunch of BS, but I, I do think there has to be also characters in that room that do have a little bit of an I attitude and, and a very, and a very much confident attitude that we are, indeed one of the best teams in the NHL. And and with the country club, as Jennifer says on our YouTube page right here, the country club being gone, and she's referencing their Parise, Suter, Stahl, Koibu, etc. Um, that era of wild hockey being gone, and then mm -hmm. you seeing Matt Dumba basically galvanizing the team again, that's that and I'm telling you, that's a big reason why he was named captain. Like it's it's not even close. That it's not just his play on the ice has taken steps forward. His play and his demeanor off the ice is what earned him that A. And for him to be basically the hype man of that team and people love having him on your team. I mean, it's clear that he's a very good teammate. People love being in the same room and on the ice too with Matt Dumba. I think that that mindset of this team that it's not about individual stuff. There's there's con there's an individual confidence with certain players for sure, but it it propels the team's confidence and morale as a whole when you have the right leaders and the right environment the for for that room to thrive. And Garen has basically taken what a, a couple years now to to pluck and play and buy out and 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 chip in and supplement this roster with with certain things here and taking a very big calculated and gambled gamble risk uh, buying out the contracts of Parise and Suter, but he understood that the pros are going to outweigh those cons, even with that dead money that's significant against your cap going forward. And you're seeing it now. Ryan Hartman's having a career year. Marcus Foligno's getting goals. For God's sakes, I have no idea what Kevin Fiala has to do to get a goal. I mean, last night hit a post or two. Just It's, it's almost, to me, more frustrating when you see someone like Kevin Fiala who's racking up six shots on goal and hitting pipes and Five then, and yep. then, and then Hartman or Felino throws one off a ref skate and it goes in. Like it, when it rains, oh. it pours with them. And the the good thing about the team overall is, because, even though Fiala is not scoring at the rate he's we're used to seeing, the team still finds ways to score goals and still finds ways to 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 win games. The Wild are first in goals scored right now. No other offense has more goals than the Minnesota Wild right now, which is mind blowing. Um, so that that just proves how 
important and how how great this room is because now it's translating to offensive success. It's not even close. Yeah, and and that's the thing is they they get they get contributions from key guys, but they also get contributions now across the board. And I think the other thing that we shouldn't downplay here as well is this. Kaprizov is not just a star, but as far as I can tell, Kaprizov totally gets it. And he totally Hmm. gets it. And I think the important thing that we didn't see previously and that we see now consistently is the fact that the players empower each other. And so, so I don't think that there's a, a uh, quote unquote consideration of a weak link. I don't think that there's a, well, you're not that good and you shouldn't play that much mentality now, which there definitely was. And I, and that starts to a certain degree with Kaprizov because he's so damn good and he's so skilled. I mean, that, that shootout goal last night was a thing of beauty. I'm that guy. It's unbelievable what he can do. And his skill is so high. But you never feel like he's playing like, well, you're not that good. I am, which he could definitely do, but he doesn't do that. And and that's that's a very important factor. But it's also fortunate because I do think that you get guys who are as good as Kaprizov. And it's like, I'm I'm really good and you're not. But you don't get that here. Um, and yeah, I, I mean, if and when, and I firmly expect that the tide will turn, where Fiala starts scoring goals, yeah, that's a hole that you're you're going to open up Pandora's box there, right. and that's going to allow you know if if Kaprizov goes into a not a slump, but if he doesn't score for a few games, or if Hartman, who is going to at some point probably not score as much, uh, so yeah, it it is remarkable that because Kevin's got what three goals. Mm-hmm. It's it's remarkable that Kevin Fiala has three goals, and this team is among the top teams in goals scored in the entire league. I want to highlight Nolan's uh, comment here on the YouTube page because I noticed this as well last night too. And, and and by the way, I don't give this group a lot of praise, but I was very impressed. Last night on the telecast, you probably didn't see us because you were at the game, Judd, but Bally Sports North put out a graphic about goals scored above expected. It's a metric where... Basically, when you're where you're shooting from on the ice, is that a good area to be scoring goals? And are you getting rewarded with goals from those areas? And basically, Kevin Fiala has been, as Nolan says here, the least lucky player in the NHL. I saw a stat where Fiala's goals was negative six. So when he's scoring from where he or, where, or from where he is shooting, excuse me, mm-hmm. he's not getting the goals he should be getting. And it, it, it's a testament that just how it, it's a it's a good stat to show, uh, basically. How lucky or unlucky are you getting? And and for, for Bally's to use that statistic, bravo, because I I've, I can't stand just traditional shots on goal and grit and heart from, from the normal folks. But it, it highlighted that Fiala is literally pounding shots from places where normally he would score, and for whatever reason, he's not getting goals. Um, and yes, it's still good for the team, but Fiala has literally been arguably the least lucky player in the NHL. And it, and it really hurts him from his contract side, uh, because obviously he went into this RFA situation. They 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 attached the, the the clause on his contract, so he's going to be an RFA again. He's looking for a big payday. On one hand, you could say, well, actually that helps the Wild long term because they're not going to offer him the money. But on the other hand, Kevin still says, look at what I'm doing every night, and I should be scoring more goals. Fiala's not as maybe as good as I think he is, and that's fine. I'll I, I'll I'll wear that. But it's a dangerous assumption to assume that because 
he's not scoring goals that he's not worth another big contract because he's doing so many things. He was a beast last night. You saw him entering the zone. You saw him shooting the puck a ton. He was noticeably good again last night. Uh, But for whatever reason, he just hasn't found it. You think eventually that with this, that, and that's what this advanced metric is telling you, that eventually these goals are going to start going in. They're probably going to start going in bunches. Yeah. I, but yes. they will like, like we're 26 games or I'm sorry, we're 24 games in. So there, there's no way that, that he's not going to start scoring because he's not going to stop shooting. So, so like, I got to think that at some point in this month or next month, right. They're going to start like, yeah. like there's no way if he stops shooting, I'd say that's a huge problem, but he's not going to stop. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think he'll be fine. It's frustrating. And I feel when, when, when I watch him play, I feel for him because it's difficult to watch. And he's gripping the stick a little bit tight at times, but you're right. I mean, he's creating still a ton of chances. So he, he had five shots on goal last night, and he missed on two. So I, I got to think that this is gonna the tide is going to turn. I would like to see him not playing with Rask. And I do think that Rask has done a nice job. But I mean, I would, I, I'd love to see him have a more skilled center to play with. Um, but that being said, he's creating. I, I'd be much more down on on him if I, with my eyes, saw that he was just basically lollygagging, lollygagging, lethargic. But I don't feel, and and he might not be perfect defensively. He's probably not. But Dex, when, when we watch him from the press box, I mean, he's going. You see it. Yeah, so I'm not really down on on him, and I I think that yeah he's snake bit, and I and he's definitely had pucks roll off his stick at times where it's like oh Kevin if you could corral that, but it's it's also not a oh he's not that good, so I think he'll get paid, and more importantly as long as the shot totals remain consistently high. Mm-hmm. He's going to score. And I like, like, I'm not concerned about that. I like Adam's comment, too, on our YouTube page here. At least Fiala is playing with Pitlick, someone with some offensive talent. I agree. Pitlick's been like a Pitlick. hell of a waiver claim. How about that waiver claim? It, that was, and, and I Nashville saw him play was, in college. I didn't too. think that much of him. I, I covered him his freshman year at the U of M uh, for this station, for, for scoring yards. And, and I he got off to a slow start, but then you saw how really offensively talented he was. Like, I don't really – I saw Casey Middlestead play, and Casey was a very good – uh, college player as well for the U of M. He was a first round pick. Uh, uh, I believe he's he went fourth or fifth overall. But like, I don't buy that he's going to be an NHL stud. Like, I think he's trending towards being a bust. He's not strong. He hasn't he's, been so far. He, he's, he hasn't been great. Um, yep. And but Pitlick had can skate and has legitimate offensive talent. Yes. Um, and that's been a godsend. Like that has been such a great pickup for them. It, it, like you shouldn't sleep on a pickup like that because Pitlick's been great. Oh, he's been fantastic. And and. They picked him up, and I thought, "Oh, okay, big deal." And in fact, I, I think on this show I told you that, yeah. like, yeah, that he, yeah, he's got speed, he's got skill, he's been really good. Hot take, yeah. I think among the hardest assessments to make of prospect to pro, college hockey to pro might be my toughest. It's very tough. I have, I saw, so, so I purposely went and saw Quinn Hughes at Michigan play, like. It's- twice or three times because you know it's Quinn Hughes and I'm like oh man this is going to be great and I watched him and I thought it's okay he's not great he got to to the pros now not now because the uh, Canucks are terrible but he got to the pros and it's like oh my god he's fantastic and I totally didn't see that 
in college. So I've actually, I think now it's, it can be really hard to, to say what you're saying, which is this guy, oh man, he's great in college. He's going to be a great pro. My hot take, I think that's a difficult assessment. Look, I, you and I are weird. And it's maybe even me who likes it more too. But I, I love college hockey. I, I went to St. Cloud State. I grew oh, up in for hockey as a kid. I know you like college. I'm not trying to say you don't. Yeah. But it's played Great. completely differently than the NHL. And honestly, if you look even a lot at a lot of the – go look at the Hobie Baker winners, okay? Hobie Baker winners, which is the MVP basically of, of college hockey, if, for those who aren't familiar. Go look at past Hobie Baker winners and see if they're legitimate studs in the NHL. Cole Caulfield looks pretty damn good. But we don't. We still don't know yet. He's um, small, yeah. Cal McCarr was legitimate. Yep. Okay, that's a good one. A but then you look at like Jimmy Vesey, who's on like his third team in the NHL, right? Like Double Drew LeBlanc at Saint Cloud State. Like I love LeBlanc as a college hockey player, but you knew he wasn't going to last in the NHL. Yep. And there's been studs like Eichel and Goudreau who have won Hobie Baker awards. But like, go down the entire East list. East Coast guys, though, Dex. Yes, that's funny. Yeah, they're all East that's Coast not, dudes. That's not from our neck of the woods. That's East Coast guys. Yeah, and like, all right, and actually, this is another great comment too from Daniel Cove. Seeing Kyle Rowell struggle in the pros is sad because of how much of a college star he was. Kyle Rowell was a great college right. hockey player, he's but he was small. smaller, and he he's wasn't small. he wasn't going to be able to keep up in the NHL. And he's look, he's right. carved out a nice little minor league and, and cup of coffee NHL career, right? Yes. He's honestly had a, a, a good year, a good little good little career. But those the jump from elite players in college hockey. To then be even just capital NHL players, you're right. It's tough to project. And Hughes jumped hard. and was great here. Correct. And in college, I thought he's really good, but I didn't think, oh man, he's a that that's that's a, a star. I yeah, didn't I think mean, that, that at all. That CCM line at Michigan, you know, with Kyle Connor and, yep. and those guys are talking like Kyle Connor. You could tell, oh god, this guy's yes. really damn good, right? Uh, but it is it's hard to project that college hockey NHL pro from last night's game. Something that had to make you very pleased as I look at my score sheet, post game score sheet. Five shots on goal for Fiala, mm-hmm. Kaprizov, mm-hmm. and Matt Zuccarello. Matt <laughs> Zuccarello took five shots. That's a that's a breakthrough. That's really yes. good. That's really good. How many times has Declan Goff called for Zuccarello to shoot more? Five shots on goal is damn good. That should be that should make you very pleased with where he is right now, dude. I I love that. Uh, Matt's here's the thing too with Matt. Matt's has an unbelievable playmaking ability. You no, know, I no one's gonna argue. He's got that. the long that's stick. Good. That's what he did in New York. He's got this damn twig that's nine feet tall, and and uh, he's a hell of a playmaker. But also, teams know he doesn't shoot a lot. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's even, I don't mean to make this comparison, because it's not the same. Ricky Rubio, right? Like, Ricky Rubio is a phenomenal distributor. He's a solid playmaker. But when teams realized he couldn't shoot, they literally gave him the entire space and said, shoot, I dare you to shoot, Ricky. You're not, yep. gonna, you're not even going to hit it if you if we give you the space Matt's has the ability and has the hands this is again cross sport but Matt actually has the ability that he actually has a nice shot the dude just doesn't like to shoot a lot and his first his first you know priority is always going to be to distribute and to pass and to get Kirill going but then the problem is we saw us a little bit earlier in the season is you get a couple guys that get passive and always are looking for the tic-tac-toe and the nice play well then you're passing up good shots so for Matt to actually shoot the puck yesterday, yes, I noticed that as well on the TV. It's like, holy crap, Matt's is actually shooting the puck a lot tonight. That's a rarity. Um, and for Kirill, I mean, my God, and I the, the shootout it's, goal. Yeah, I know. That, the, that's what I'm saying. That shootout Matthew's goal. Matthew's goal and his goal were like, did I, I just see that? In, jumped out of my seat on the couch. In, in fact, postgame, Dean was asked flat out about that move and, and like what it takes to, to make that move, which is basically a flick of the wrist. But it's done in tight, uh, tight quarters, and 
Dean looked, Dean looked at the person that asked the question and he said, how the hell am I supposed to know? Yeah. And it, it's like, yeah, you know what? He's Because he's, he's like, in that for- format, I'm going five hole. I don't know how I'm going to score a goal. How, how do I know? And I, I think it was Kaprizov scored on a flick of the wrist goal. And if I'm not mistaken, Matthew's goal on Talbot was a backhand like top shelf, which is yeah, absolutely pretty. incredible too. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that game, it, it is so fun. I cannot articulate this enough. It is so fun to watch a game like that where the skill level on both sides is that high and, and both teams are really well coached and really good. And you don't feel like this, Dex. You don't feel like, well, Wild's playing a great game tonight. I wonder how they're going to look in a week, right? Like that was one of the – name me the last time – and I mean, this probably took place, I don't know, six, seven years back. So I'm not saying it's never happened here. But when's the last time that the Wild um, or hell, a team in this town played an opponent and traded punches and you weren't like, well, this is fun now, but it's going to come back down to earth. Right. I watched that last night and I'm like, yeah, this is these yeah. two teams. And that and that's why we want teams to be good. It's so much fun. True. It's so much bleeping fun. And I don't mean just for one night of, oh, that was fun to watch. I mean, this is the, the wild right now in the central, which is a good division, 24 games, 35 points. They are seven points clear of the second place blues. 17 wins, I think, is what tied for, for the most in the league or second most. Like these are 24 games in. This is an impressive, impressive team, and and they seem to have the chemistry and the ingredients, and they mm-hmm. certainly have the star that makes them dangerous. And and I feel like the word that that you used is a cliche, but it's really well put here. Like a benchmark game, uh, a statement win. Mm-hmm. Um, that can be an overused cliche type term. But in this case, it's a thousand percent right. Like, because the wild, if nothing else, is passing all of these tests. Correct. It's like, okay, now you go play uh, Tampa Bay, two times Stanley Cup champs. Okay, cool. Now you go play Toronto in a game that's televised um, as I believe the primary hockey night in Canada game, right? Which is which is our equivalent of Monday night football. Okay, cool. We'll win that game. Like these are all such to me important benchmarks and important steps for for justifying the faith that I think that we are developing in this team and and at this point in time so far to me they have proven they deserve that faith. Absolutely. Yeah, they 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 had probably one of the more impressive regular season wins in wild history was last night. Like I, in terms of just maybe fun factor, just fun factor. Yeah, that was right up there with one of the most fun games in regular season uh, Minnesota Wild history. One of the more fun in ones a long in time memory. Right. I said, I said, was that I, I tweeted this out post game. Was that a top five regular season, not playoff? Was that a top five regular season game in the Wild's history um, in that building? And I got back responses saying it's a shootout, so it can't be, but it's close, top ten, but. My point just being is how many games have we seen? And again, this is true of the Vikings. This is true of the twins This is true of the wolves for sure. And now the wild, how many games have we seen where it's a big game and it doesn't feel like, uh, this is going to be a tall mountain to climb. It feels like, no, 
these two teams belong going against each other because that's how that felt. And it's so gratifying to watch that in this town. Totally. Yeah, I, I you know, I, I think of Gabrick's five goal game. That was an epic one. I got that I, one, yep. I even think of uh, earlier this season, right, when the Wild erased like a two goal deficit with six minutes to play when I was the Jets. Vancouver or Jet the Jets, not the Vancouver, Jets the game, Jets. Yeah. Like yeah. that one was a lot of fun. This team is just a blast. Like the when I think of the first year with Boudreaux, which was a good wild team, a very good wild team that was basically winning a lot of games and in control, yeah. you didn't, you still felt like something was missing, which is why they made a damn trade for Martin Hansel because everyone knew something is still missing here for it to be over the top center. and be legitimate contenders. You were missing yeah, a center. center. And for you can sure. make a, still make a case right now, the wild could use one of that, right? Like they could potentially use a legitimate number one center. I could hear it, yeah. um, but that... This team just has that different feel towards it. Yes. Yes, because the last time that you felt this way about this team as a team with the intangibles that we talked about off the top of the show, the last time you truly felt this, 2003. Mm -hmm. And that team wasn't even an iota as good. But that locker room was as tight as it could possibly be. And, And the people that led that team knew exactly what they were doing. And there was never a doubt about the fact that that entire team had each other's backs. Yep. And that's where, but that's where this is the sweet spot because I'm not saying this is a great talent team, but they, but they do have some guys that are really damn good. And they've got one guy who is great, which, which they have not had since Gabrick. Um, And that's now intertwined with guys who are fast enough and good enough. And then everybody gets it. Like, this is hard to do. This is I mean, we we saw that Dex, the Wild was the previous version was a great fantasy league team. Box score wise, yeah, they could put up that. stats. They could put yeah. up stats, but they lacked this. This is intertwining a lot of things that are difficult to get right, which is why the expectations should be and are going to be high come the spring, because like these opportunities. To, to your point, going back to the Twins, um, you can't now just assume that this is going to continue and continue and continue. Right. Every year changes things. Guys leave. New guys come up, right? And so this is exactly on point about, I believe it was you that talked about the 2019 Twins in the same context, which is you can't just say, well, wait till next year. This is starting to feel special. And it has to be capitalized on because you can't assume special is going to last every single season. Correct. That's that's the tough part of being a GM, man. It is it was weighing, is this for real? Is this, are we missing something? Is it worth giving up assets to make us better? Is that calculated risk going to be worth it for us? Um, that's a question that Bill Guerin has to answer here in the next couple months. Victoria on our YouTube page says, question. what is the expectation for this team right now? Is it conference finals? Um it's trending that way. I think at the very, very, very least, and I don't want to sound Minnesota um, narcissism, not narcissism, but uh, nepotism here. They, this team should at the very least win a series. At the very least, they should win a, win a series, but the expectation should be conference finals. That should be it. It should be conference sure. finals. If we want, if, if this team is actually no legitimately a cup contender and one of the five best teams in the NHL, by default, they should be in the conference finals in their league. And it's it's going to be tough to get there. And there's a lot of seasons still left, but that is the expectation. 
Tuesday night, we'll find out more. I love this now, too. The Oilers in Edmonton, Dreisaitl, McDavid, look at that team. And they have 32 points. Is, is that correct? I think they're, yep, they are three behind the Flames. The Flames and Wild are tied for the most points in the Western Conference. Uh, the Oilers have 85 goals. The Wild, 92 goals. But that's going to be, that's the fun thing now, though, is is these games, like against the Leafs and against Edmonton, are going to be tests. And those tests are going to, it's it's not, you know, it, if you lose, the world is not done. And it, I wouldn't go nearly as far to, to say, well, that's the be-all, end-all, but it is fun to know that the Wild is going to be competitive in these games, and we're going to get an idea. And so far, flat out, I'm impressed. Yep, I'm impressed. There's been one game I've seen all season long in 24 where I felt like, oh boy, that, that was a lot. And that was the Florida game. And even then, it's not, like they got routed. It was just that that the Panthers, who um, I saw beat the Blues again Saturday and look just damn good, they're a really good team too. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, this was fun. The building was electric. And if people, you know, are curious about why our shows on Score North sometimes get mad at teams, it's because we know that every team in this town, aside from the Wolves perhaps, because I don't know on that one, but – Every team in this town has the potential, if they're built right, and this includes the, the Wolves too, to have success, and that was great. So, Dex, take us home. Yeah, thank you for everyone for uh, for watching with us. Yes, I know we wanted a post game show last night. Uh, Judd, someone asked you this question on your Instagram live during the halftime yeah, of you, Vikings game. You go out on Saturdays, man. I, I didn't even you go out. Like I went days to, a week. I went to a friend's house. Well, I, I just I defended house. you. There. Yep, I defended you. I did. I did have some seltzers. Play, I was drinking. Playoffs. We will be here for yes. you whenever every the single, game ends. Every single day. But I game. can't. I and, can't say that you should stay home at right. your young age on a Saturday night. You know, to do a post. It's show. funny. I'll, I'll let you in on a little uh, golf family not drama here, but the golf family is is planning the next big sibling vacation that we do every other year. And we're aiming for June. And I have said, I'll gladly do that. But here's the only caveat. If the Wild are in the Stanley Cup or even the conference finals. Oh, you're out. I'm out. You're gone. I can't go to family vacation. And yep. and, if, and if anything, I think that's music to Judd Zolgaz's ears saying it's oh, not man. about the local family. It's, it's about it's about the work. It's about Score North. Well, it's, it's about, about the, the Wild community. And it's, it's about, about the, team. the team. Yeah, It's about the team. Because so, we grind puck. We do. We absolutely do. So uh, if, if you like Minnesota Wild content, yes, hit that subscribe button. Uh, Judd and myself and Phil Mackey, the Hockey Whisperer, who I'm sure will have some takes later on this week on Mackey and Judd, uh, bring you Minnesota Wild content. We have Minnesota Timberwolves, Vikings, and sometimes Twins. Congrats to Tony Oliva and Jim Cott for oh, getting yeah. in the Baseball Hall of Fame, Both dude. Of them, it's that's about awesome. damn time. Tony O, um, yeah, that's great. It, it's like the most praise I think I've ever given the Twins in the last, like, seven Kitty to eight Cot months. Man, legend. Yes, an absolute legend. So if you like Minnesota sports content, hit the subscribe button. And even though the Vikings found a way to lose the GD Detroit Lions, ah. Ventline is a therapy session. This is not just us bashing them. Go listen to Ventline. Have some therapy. Mm. There's a lot of fans who are probably feeling a lot like you. What do I do with this team? Go to Purple Daily. Hit the subscribe button there. Or find us on Apple, Spotify, or the Score North app. Where it's a central hub for everything you need on Score North. We're here for you. And, yes, our expectations are high. Sometimes we're critical. But we appreciate everyone here who has helped build this community. Because it, if it wasn't for you guys still coming back to Oh, you guys stuff, are the best. Then, then Judd and I would also I be out of a job. Um, and there's a lot of reasons for Judd and I to possibly be out of a job. But you guys keep coming back to us. So we really appreciate that. Uh, so if, if you want to keep uh, getting Minnesota Wild and Minnesota sports content right here on this YouTube channel, hit that subscribe button. Uh, Judd and I will potentially be back. Are they late? Are they in a late game on, in Edmonton? 
on Tuesday. Eight, eight, eight o'clock. Eight o'clock. But we got the thing with Randy. We, we have got some housekeeping a things. daily. But I would like to come on at some point in time <laughs> to recap that game because yeah. that's going to be another really intriguing game. Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl. Yeah. Oh, I'm excited for that. A one. nice little road stretch here: the Oilers, San Jose, Kings, Vegas, four all games. four in a row out, on the road. At least yep. two of those games will be pretty damn tough in, in Vegas and Edmonton. So Absolutely. we'll be back with more Minnesota Wild content this week. And uh, as I say, pass shoot score, but. This is really all just about one thing. Listen, you guys know what this is all about, right? Right? What's it all about? Spurgy? Hard work and having fun. that. This is about winning. This view was worth a hike. Right? And it's a good way to stay on top of my health. Yes. I'm Colaguard, a prescription colon cancer screening option for people 45 plus at average risk. Have you screened for colon cancer? Not yet. Don't wait. It's more treatable when caught in early stages. Tell me more. Cologuard is non-invasive and it's used at home. It detects altered DNA in your stool to find 92% of colon cancers. 92%? Yep, even those in early stages. This was seen in a clinical study with patients 50 and older. Any positive result should be followed by a diagnostic colonoscopy. False positive and negative results may occur. Cologuard is not a replacement for colonoscopy in high-risk patients. Do not use if you have had adenomas, have inflammatory bowel disease and certain hereditary syndromes, or a personal or family history of colon cancer. Most insured patients pay $0. Ask your provider or an online prescriber if Cologuard is right for you, or visit Cologuard.com. I'm in.